So how, how many podcasts have you guys get got done now? Three. Three. This is the fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We film one more tomorrow. Yeah. And we've got another two that we're going to film in two weeks time. Right. But have you seen our first podcast? Yeah, the one where you two are talking. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we're not trying to make it like, obviously it's about good and G, but it's more focused around like just topics that people can relate to, right? Like yeah. We talked about weddings and uh, just about what other topics do you talk about? Rakitan as well, right? Rag, yeah. yeah. You guys are into Rakitan as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Who's more, both of you or one of you? Both of us. Both of us, yeah. yeah. No. He mm. teaches me a lot. Is it? Yeah. But uh, we kind of, together we, we do Rakitan, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And how long has that been going on for then? Well, I started learning music first. Mm. So I, I played for about, well, I've been learning since I was seven. Uh, Suntur. Um, uh, actually, we should get a picture up of a Suntur mm. and yeah. show what a Suntur is because it's a beautiful instrument. It's got Hundred strings on it, one hundred uh, strings. Yeah, and it was it was used for meditation uh, by the Sufis. Came from the valleys of Kashmir, um, and then it was slowly brought to the Indian classical music um, sphere um, by my teacher's teacher, actually. And then from there, you know, I, I've I've been privileged to actually learn uh, under under his teaching for yeah the last fifteen years. You learned from Ustad Harpajan Singh? Ustad Harjinder Pal Singh. Harjinder Pal Singh. So he, he's another uh, Ustad. Yeah. He came around the same time. And yeah. And yeah, he's just been here ever since. Yeah. yeah. So then from there, kind of understanding the fundamentals of rag, tal, sur, then kind of leaning it towards uh, utilizing those skills for Kirtan. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then Ustadji also, he came from Bani Saib, so he actually learned a lot of Kirtan. Yeah. So... We, we asked him like, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you've learned or whatever you've picked up, mm-hmm. I know you don't class yourself as a Keithan teacher, yeah, but, but whatever you've picked up, just teaches it. And yeah, yeah we, we really want to learn a few. Yeah. Um, and so he has done that. Yeah. And then through the, the COVID period, we haven't actually managed to have face-to-face lessons or mm-hmm. any interactions, yeah. but, you know, hopefully not, we'll not get online, you just So you don't do it online right now? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, it's very hard to learn from online, especially to learn Keithan. There's so many aspects to keep that this is very difficult. Mm. So what, what instruments do you know then? It's just So I, I play Tarshanai. Yeah, so I'm only a comp- he's the vocalist, I'd say. And I just accompany. Mm. Yeah, so. I mean, as much as we all want to learn how to sing. Um, so at home, we all try to sing, um, you know, as out of tune as it is. <laughs> you know, Gotta try. Mm. Kind of, Sijin is like the accompanist and... Yeah. I suppose because I've been singing longer, maybe my voice is a little bit better than Sijin's, mm. a little bit more practiced. It's, yeah, it's hard when somebody's better than you sat right next to you, like, I don't really want to sing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that whole um, traditional like teacher-student relationship? It's not really that common nowadays, you know, no. in terms of like you, the way you said to your study, like, just teach me everything. And you probably had to like, like sacrifice like all your time, how much of the hours you had to do with them. Yeah, I mean... I, when I started, I was new to the whole idea of this, like, well, they call it the guru-shishya relationship, this teacher and student relationship. I was new to this whole idea. Yeah. Um, and it was my ustaji who introduced me, introduced it to me in such a brutal way. You know, he said, you know, you have to do berihat to your teacher. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not moving until you actually do berihat. It's a new concept for me yeah. brought up here. Um, you know, so my dad was there and... He waited for me to do Perihath to my Ustaji. Mm. Mm. So it was quite hard to do that initially. Yeah. But then I, I suppose you do slowly understand kind of 
where this whole guru shishya thing comes to. Yeah. Um, and the idea of being humble in front of a teacher. Even in today's world, a lot of people would be like, why would you do that for? Why, why would you do bari hat uh, yeah, to somebody exactly. else? But even if you just look at our parents' generation, we do it. they would do it to their, their, their parents or to yeah. their grandparents, right? Even some people in our generation would still do that out of respect yeah. uh, to their grandparents. I guess it's something that we've just lost in general in this generation. Mm. That people just see that as like, no, we only matatik to Guru Gansaji Maharaji yeah, yeah. and we can't show any respect to anyone else. Yeah. But actually one generation ago, that was the norm. Yeah, and, and I think I think there's something special about it, especially like say you go to your bibi hmm. or your baba, and if you did bari hat, I mean it feels a lot more respectful than you know the traditional side hook now that we've got. <laughs> yeah. You know. I think there there is something to be said about it being a gesture of love, appreciation and humility. Yeah. Um hmm. and it is a different relationship that you have with a person than you do have with uh Guru Granth Sahib. That is completely different, and that's not really in a physical way. Mm. It is spiritually you're attached more to the Gurbani yeah. than you might be a, a person. Anji, you know, and the mm. action isn't necessarily what dictates dictates that relationship. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Just mm-hmm. the idea of Guru Saj being our ish, being our true love, right? Yeah, and just showing that respect. We're showing respect to everyone, right? So thank you for talking about that when it comes to uh, Kirtan. And your passion for and how many years has it been then since you guys started learning Kirtan? I mean, started learning, it's not been that long. Okay. But being involved in, in music, music and kind of understanding the mm. structure that Kirtan is presented in, mm. that's been like all our lives, mm. really. Yeah. Mm. And that's just one form of art, right? Yeah. yeah. And another form that we're going to be talking about a lot today as well is about storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Right? And animations, right? Which Definitely. is really cool. I'm sure we all like animations. Quick question. Uh, when you guys were younger, what type of animations did you guys used to watch? Uh, okay, <laughs> Horrid Henry. Yeah, Horrid Henry <laughs> used to watch Horrid Henry. Yeah. Uh, the one with the red dog. What was that called? Clifford, Clifford, the, Clifford the red, the red, dog. The red, the red dog. Yeah. There was um, also that other one. Then uh, slowly like Disney Channel. We were still the Disney Channel era. So you got your Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. 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 I never watched that. Was la- that yeah. was later that on. That was later on. Like, okay. We were pushing it a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you are, because yeah. I think we're the same age probably as well. And you're talking about Disney and stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm. Mine's probably Simpsons. Yeah. That's all I could think. Dennis the Menace. That was oh, yeah, good Dennis as well. Mm. Yeah. So what do you guys think about storytelling, the power of storytelling in general? I think throughout time, throughout our history, we've had storytellers yeah. and we've had storytelling. I mean, in Guru Granth Sahib, you hear the story of Harnakash and Prahlad. And you mm. take some morality from that. Mm. Um, by Gurdasji, he mentions a story of, it's one of the Shabs actually we're learning. So that's why actually I remember it. <laughs> so the story of Sukhraje Harichand and his wife Tara. And in the middle of the night, Tara leaves and she goes to the temples to pray. Actually, by Gurdashi mentions the word Gurbani. Yeah, even though it's an old tale, like before the gurus actually wrote what we call Gurbani, mm. he said that Tara, she went to the temples and she was meditating with Gurbani. And the Raja gets up in the middle of the night and sees that his wife's not there. You know, and he thinks, man, she must be doing something, uh, you know, unwifely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's, yeah, she's doing something inappropriate. Where is my wife gone in the middle of the night? Yeah. And one night he's awake. And he follows her and he sees that she's outside the temple praying. But obviously, because maybe in his mind and his spirit, 
He doesn't understand the power of meditation. He just thinks she's wandering in the middle of the night. She's with these random people, yeah. you know, so he steals one of her shoes as a way that when she comes back, he'll look at it, she'll be able to, he'll be able to show the shoe and she'll say, uh, you know, her dignity might be, yeah, uh, it's gone. It, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Um, so she notices that the shoe's gone. She knows that the Raja, Harichand, he's taken it. Mm. And with the Sangat and the meditation and that, that spirit that they've invoked and that power that they've managed to manifest, yeah. um, they actually bring that shoe back or they make the, new, the shoe come back, mm. you know. And that's kind of symbolic of like her dignity was there with, because the Sangat manifested that her dignity was still there. So she walked back with both her shoes. Mm. The Raja looks shocked, like, I stole that shoe, it's still there, you know. And she tells him that, come and join the Sangat, mm. meditate, and there's some spirit here which you need to be um, going to and you need to be involved with. And then Pai Gurdas, she just ends with saying, Saad Sangat Vito Kurbani, mm. that I'm a sacrifice to such a, uh, a powerful group of individuals a group mm. of spirits yeah i'm a complete sacrifice that they can manifest keep someone's dignity intact uh, mm. intact um you know and stories like that i mean bagurdashi also references the love stories of iranja mm. uh, Majnu, all these love stories so these stories are very important in the Sikh psyche and the Sikh way of thinking, yeah, yeah. Mm. to gain that understanding. And even here, when we brought up in the West, like going to schools, the way they teach kids is just through these stories. Yeah, they teach them all like morality, mm. how to make good decisions in life. It's just that's the power of storytelling, right? Yeah, mm. definitely. Just if we look at the word in Gurbani, you may have the word Saki, for example, right? And Saki you may translate simply as story, but they can also mean Sikhya. So it's not just a story that we hear. There's a teaching behind it. That's what Sikhya means, right? So like you just shared that story right now, the teaching that I got from it was that um, I need to go into Saad Sangat. Yeah. I need to experience Saad Sangat. What's really cool is that when you're telling the story to us, I was hooked. Yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to know what was going to happen. Uh, what's going to happen with the shoe? Right? Yeah. What's going to happen to the wife? <laughs> is he going to hit her with the shoe? Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just a joke. But you get it, right? So um, very powerful. And Guru Saji talks about this in Gurubani. They say, uh, Guru Saki, which means that when we listen to the Guru Sakhi, the Guru Sikhya, Guru Sakhi Antarajagi, inside us, something starts to manifest. And that mind of ours that is fickle, that doesn't sit still, like kids at school, right? Um, it's hard to make them concentrate. So like, I've taught a lot of kids, for example, and they don't pay attention if you just talk to them normally. If you tell them a story, then their mind starts to sit still and yeah. it doesn't like bounce up and down like a, like a monkey all over the place, right? And another cool thing is that when it comes to the word Saki, it can also mean to witness. So you're actually there witnessing the story yourself. So it's very powerful storytelling, right? And we we're talking about this earlier about uh, what were you saying about when it comes to like stories in the past, how they used to tell stories. Like there was the cavemen and stuff like that, right? They used to tell stories in the... Yeah, so like visually, people have been telling stories as a way to like pass on information for thousands of years. Mm. And like even scientists now, when they've archaeologists have discovered cave paintings and stuff from like 30,000 BC, 
and they've found in the cave there's a story that someone's drawn these cavemen have drawn on the thing so this this type of visual storytelling has been around for so long and it's like the way if you think of how we've evolved um that's the way that we understand and process information yeah. so that's why it's so important nowadays like the stuff you guys are doing in terms of the animation yeah no we were yeah. talking about this on the way here that there's different levels of storytelling mm. so that there's the the oral tradition of sharing stories but yeah. the visual experience and how something historical can sometimes be best told orally rather than visually yeah um because like you lose the the historical aspects if you try and like let's say you try to animate something that happened it's more difficult than if you try to say that orally and somebody could just experience that in their head yeah. and re-envision what what happened mm. yeah so say you talk about like pai baba krababbi was a famous rababbi during guru hargobind's time and he was both a rababbi and a warrior you know he'd go in and out of battle with the rabab strapped to his back no way yeah like a serious legend <laughs> guy, guy that we actually don't know much about mm. but it's much easier now that you've pitched to him in your brain mm. than say i tried to animate him tried to put a rabab on his back what what weapons is he carrying how wow. old was he yeah. you know you can imagine that and you can let your the spirit of bai babak is in your mind mm. and that's what really matters with mm. storytelling that is that spirit passed on yeah and me just mentioning about bai babak in those one two sentences yeah. that has more of an effect than say i try to animate it and mm. you know you have more of connection already mm. and and from those paintings they went to the you were talking about the old tradition then written tradition right we actually writing things down and even now in our in our gurukars we have like katha and it's all through poetry and the person that is sitting there can then imagine it in their head and like for example we talk about kavi santosh singh ji a lot uh, maha kavi santosh singh ji and how they were able to paint such a clear picture in our mind of the history that was taking place at that time so that's just another interesting point uh, that goes with that as well yeah i mean with the um surya prakash anji um what where kind of picking up in this in this generation is i never read surya prakash but the way i'm actually learning about suraj prakash is through listening to another podcast yeah. Yeah. the mm. suraj podcast yeah. which is actually a fantastic way again it's an oral way of telling the story yeah uh, you know just to picture it in your mind and have have it uh, like i fell in love with guru hargobind listening to the stories of guru hargobind why guru you know uh, mm. to think such an amazing spirit amazing character you know that we were blessed uh you know to kind of be be of their um teachings and yeah. you know be their people essentially yeah. and like in this generation now it's it's kind of gone full circle when i was reading about it that now it's almost gone back to that visual side yeah from like the cave painting so now in the digital era which started in the 1900s sometime and now we've got everything digital but what's cool now in one respect is that we've got the the visual we've got the all as well yeah So like your animation the work I saw the little short clip that yeah. um you got on a YouTube page and it's like both of them put together and maybe that's more powerful than just having one I'm not saying it is but it's definitely got a different effect to it yeah, right definitely I mean that's kind of what we we want to kind of achieve is what type of fiction is appropriate to animate especially trying to kind of keep that sikhi lens or that spirit uh alive and so we've gone for complete fiction like there's no human characters 
Mm. There's no basis in history. It's just this morality, which, you know, is talked about in Gurbani, is talked about through uh, the Shahids by Jaswan Singh Kalra kind of inspired Spice. us to make this mm. um, animation. Mm. And how do we utilize the skills of like visual, um, yeah, so like animation, how do we utilize animation to help us get that uh, more moral across? You know, when you talk about fictional, um, fictional writing, because um, we were talking about this earlier as well. Uh, what do you, obviously somebody could say that fictional writing, it's, it's, can you just explain that first of all, what is fictional writing and is this the future? So yeah, fictional writing is writing, which is, is not based on history or based mm. on fact. Yeah. Uh, so when it's not based on a fact, the writer or the storyteller has this creative license to kind of push whichever message mm. or whichever ideology forward. Mm. So that there does have to be like, there is some kind of line mm. That's what that, I was trying to get to, that yeah. you have to get to, which mm. is where does fiction and nonfiction, what is that line? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and how much non-fiction can I put into my fiction story? Mm. Mm. Um, you know, um, by Veer Singh, he wrote Sundri, which is a, a, a story about a, a woman that was uh, called Sundri that was taken by the Mughal forces and eventually she became a warrior herself. Mm. And it talks about the valor of the Khalsa at the time uh, saving the dignity of uh, Sundri. I mean, and that's been actually animated. I remember as a kid watching Sundri. It was made by uh, Vismad Productions, I think. Yeah. Um, but again, kind of looking through a Sikhi lens, I'm not sure where it fits for me. And I'm not sure if, it's, if it kind of crossed that line between nonfiction and fiction. Mm. And especially with the animation, like how can you, what type of research have you put in to describe the Khalsa mm. or how a member of the Khalsa looks? And what kind of attitudes are you putting on the Mughals? What attitudes are you putting on Sundri before she was taken, after she was taken? Mm. All of this. There is that line which kind of needs to be discussed. Mm. And so with our story, Rue, we, we've made sure that that line can't be crossed. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've made, complete fiction. we've completely fictionized it, but that, that message we is also, still pushed across. We also had the discussion that if something's fiction, it almost seems like whatever the moral is, that it's an achievable goal. So if you have a work of nonfiction, like um, a story of the gurus, for example, um, it feels like that's it's not an achievable goal. So the gurus were such an amaz such amazing people that mm. I can't possibly be like them. Mm. But if you put that into a character and say, this is what that character achieves on this journey, that I can actually achieve that. Wow. So it's... Mm. the what we want to get with this film is that the person that's watching it can see themselves. But when you watch something historical, it's kind of, it's very difficult to have that. Mm. And yeah. what, what was it that made you guys choose um, like this particular story of by just one single color out this analogy that he gives? I think it's, it really with by just one single color, his last speech is very famous. And in the beginning of his last speech, he talks about this fable about when darkness came first to the land. Uh, you know, and the darkness like is impenetrable. It's just everywhere, you know, and people were worried like the sun's gone. What are we going to do? I don't understand what's happening, you know, and this darkness feels like such a massive enemy, you know, how are we going to ever defeat it? And by just one thing, Colorado messages, 
that just one little bit of light, one lamp can defeat that darkness around themselves. Mm. And if you can pass that on and another diva lights up and another diva lights up, that darkness is dispelled. Mm. It's such a powerful story and it's such a small story that we felt this is both an achievable goal in the sense of making the animation. It's a very good moral. It's a tribute to an amazing Shaheed. And, you know, it just felt like that was what we were meant to do. And and just on, um, by just one thing, Kadarai, for people who don't know about who, who they were, could you give a bit of information about them? Yes, yeah, so, so by just one thing, Kadarai was a human rights activist. And um, he exposed some human rights violations in Punjab um, where they abducted thousands of uh, innocent Sikhs. Um, you know, and what he did was he, he couldn't really find any evidence where they had gone. Yeah, and he kind of searched um, and people's parents were worried, where's my kid gone? And the excuses that the authorities said was, well, they've clearly gone abroad. Mm. They've clearly just gone and got jobs and they're just kind of living abroad. Mm. You know, I'm, I mean, who just goes like that, right? So it's, it's, it was clearly a lie what yeah. was happening. Yeah. And what uh, by just one thing, Kalara found out was that in the cremation grounds, um, they actually write, who is this wood that we're going to cremate this yeah. body? Who's it going to be used for? Who are they? What is their name? Yeah. Which bin did they, they come from? Who were their parents? You know, the whole thing is written, mm. you know. And when they matched up to the people who have disappeared, yeah. you know, it fit perfect. Yeah. So like the police encounters, they tried to hide, push all this stuff under the carpet. But then by doing this like, quite dangerous research, going to these places yeah. and actually finding the names, he, he managed to expose the whole system. Anji. Biosabji is very based upon facts as well, right? Because yeah. he knew that if you want to get this message across to the right people, yeah. and you have to give them facts. So that was one clever way that they did that, right? Yeah. They went and they could work out that how much they, you have to use a specific amount of firewood to cremate a body. Yeah. And even if they didn't have any of the documents, they knew that this firewood was given. And By the people place. at the cremation grounds would say that eight to 10 bodies would come uh, and they'd just be dropped off. Yeah. So, um, Definitely, just when it came to abductions, kidnaps that were taking place at the time. This is during the 1980s and 1990s, right? Uh, a big time in, you know, Sikh history, uh, recent Sikh history, when you come, when you talk about like the attacks on Sidi Haramandar Sahib. And uh, I don't know if you guys have checked out Insaf, uh, yeah. the website, and they actually have like some data on that as well, across the whole of Punjab. And what was quite shocking to see that it wasn't just like mid-aged, uh, middle-aged things. For example, right? They were yeah. old women, yeah, our, our, our mothers, right? Even young children as well, right? Majority was in this age range, you could say. And there was people that weren't even sick, yes, that just looked like sick. They had dadi case, essentially. That's it, mm. you know, and because they looked a certain way, they were abducted. So it was clearly if it was clearly targeted mm. against a certain group of people looking a certain type, a certain way. Definitely. Um, yeah, and what just one thing, Kalra, what he found was that in one cremation ground, there was like 6,000 named people who had disappeared. And he checked like three of them in one district of Amritsar. You know, and if you extrapolate that to the whole of Punjab, you know, the number was in the thousands mm. yeah. of people that were disappeared. 
and clearly illegally cremated. Mm. And I was listening to a um interview uh, with Baisab's daughter, uh, Bibi Navgirangorji, I think her name yeah. is. And she would just talk about how they face struggles by even going to the families because a lot of them wouldn't speak out. They were scared. They yeah. were scared. And if their child was still alive, by them speaking out, they thought that that would lead to their death. Then of course the courts won't listen. Uh, that's why they took it abroad. And I didn't even realize that they actually came to the UK. I think it was 1919 or, or 1992. They were actually living in the UK and doing the activism from here because of family pressure. But then they weren't happy with what was going on here, the Punjab, the for activism, right? So they went back to Punjab, even though they knew the risk of what was going to happen. Even before the whole speech of uh, KPS Gill, which you guys might have heard about, when they basically threatened. Uh, by just one thing you said that you, you're looking for all these names of people that have you know passed away or been kidnapped or abducted but you might as well basically add your own name to that list right yeah. but to still continue on for all of that right and it yeah, links back right. to that that light in the darkness right it is Hanira yeah. everywhere but that's it yeah. they carry on I mean in just one thing Kalara's last speech he talks about a great gift given by the Guru a great gift that no one can take away and that gift being shahadat mm. and that idea of being sacrifice. a sacrifice. Mm. Um, and I think when he talks about that in that speech, we watch it so often. It, it's really hard hitting to, because you know what he did. Mm. You know that he's talking about shahidi and then he goes himself. He was ready. He, he was ready. Like yeah. he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, he did. Which mm. is why in my mind, he was like such an amazing figure that he knew and he did. Yeah, definitely. You know, and he challenged that dark. He had enough courage just to go back. Yeah, and and just to add to that point about challenging and knowing that that he didn't shy away from it, and even his family, he didn't keep them away from it as well. So, like uh, his daughter talks about how she would go to conferences with her father, just the age of ten years old, and uh, she would see everything that they're doing. Because in today's world, um, I can I can see it where it's like sometimes when we do a certain seva, we try and keep our family away from it. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we take upon ourselves. But they embraced it and they wanted to show their family what they were doing. And now they follow that same seva of being of being activists. Right. So how important do you think it is for us to give this message to the younger generation? Just the message of secure history. Yeah, it's it's very important um, to give this message, but it's how you give that message and the new mm. way that children are exposed to history and exposed to fact and exposed to morality. Mm. It's the kind of mediums that really yeah, matter. Changed. Like you said, yeah. that when you sit some a kid down um, and you say a story, they, they are suddenly interested. So pushing that through animation, it just becomes a whole different thing. Yeah. It, you can just increase the level to yeah, crazy level, definitely. Yeah, just when it came to like the Jada Sebs, are they? Yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably like one of the biggest animations that we probably had in the in the Sikh community, right? Obviously, yeah. there's been more beforehand, but like taking it to that next level, especially for me when I came into Sikh, it was mainly through through like Jada Sebs, are they? Right. So like with the work that you guys are doing uh, going forward, it's really reaching out uh, to that audience. And something interesting I heard as well was that. We don't actually have like an animation or something for our kids based upon like the 1984 attacks, right? We've got a lot of material and uh, you can see today with activism, a lot of our activism is, um, you know, 
aimed at the older generations, right? Yeah. But nothing's really aimed at the kids telling them, this is your history. This is what happened to us, right? But other faiths will do that, right? They're telling about the history and they don't shy away from it. So that's what's really powerful about what you guys are doing when it comes yeah. to animations, right? I, I think what what we want to do is be able to facilitate that sort of conversation with children. Mm. You don't really want to expose children to the graphic yes, side, side of our history, which is immensely graphic. Yeah. And even till recent times, the 1980s onwards. Yeah. But what you do want to say is that we should be challenging that darkness and yeah. that no matter how mm. big the the enemy is because mm. if you look at all our history the enemy was always bigger mm. than we were mm. always but that that spirit and that being that light is is what carried them forward mm. um throughout all our history you know and that is why when we're doing this piece of fiction work kuru mm. that because he's just a lamp you can talk about being a lamp and you can personify that lamp to be yourself again like sirjan said it's an attainable goal you know you're not talking about a particular figure you're talking about an idea and the idea is is in a lamp yeah mm. and just on that note your the the level of animation you guys are doing as well i know it's 3d and you're using uh what software is it like so yeah we're using unity, unity. which unity. is a gaming software primarily yeah um, but it can do some really amazing animations. Yeah. And uh, I think you've got some clips to show us. So. Yeah, yeah, I've got some clips. Yeah, we've got some clips to show you. Yeah. So there's, um, this clip is uh, uh, when it gets dark and the sun is setting. I mean, all of this is still preview, as in we're still going to make it better. Yeah, we're this still is in the just, development phase. We're still in the development. This is not the final works. Yeah. Um. So there's parts where we're kind of introducing the environment and we've got some nice fly throughs. And there's other parts where we see the animal's reaction. Um, and then we see the Rue enter. So and I mean, we don't want to show too much about post when Rue lights because yeah. that bit is amazing and magical. And yeah. we want that to be revealed once we do the actual final yeah. uh, showing. So I made yeah. a full story centered around our main character, Rue, yeah. who is an unlit diva lamp. Yeah, and we follow his journey to um, his journey to establish light after the sun had set for the first time. Yeah. Um. So it's not just his mental; it's not just his physical struggle, but his mental struggle to um, build up the courage to challenge that darkness. Mm. So the message we're trying to get across is that you can challenge the darkness, and and it's all narrated by by just one thing. No. So we used by just one thing's voice for our teaser as yeah. kind of an an ode to say that he is what inspired our story rather mm. than taking it just on ourselves. Like, Oh, we've come up with this amazing concept, which is challenging the darkness. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of our tribute to him was that yeah. our teaser, our first bit of material that we're going to put out to the world yeah. was utilizing his yeah, voice. Cause it's his message that we want to, we want to mm. carry forward. But past that, the story kind of takes a shape of its own mm. and is a fictional character that comes alive, a sentient diva, Mm. Um, that kind of explores his inner self, you know, and our character, Rue, he's very timid yeah, and he's very shy, but he's also got that little curiosity streak to him. Mm. So every day he kind of goes and wanders and he observes like how nature interacts with itself. Mm. Yeah. Um, and through that, then when the sun sets, 
he kind of feels within himself that there is something he needs to do to kind of solve this darkness. Yeah, he does at first feel fear. Yeah, but he has to just build up the courage to take the first step to even go out of his comfort zone to even experience that darkness. Mm. So it's not that he's in the darkness himself straight away. It's that he has to he has to jump out of his home and experience that darkness for himself mm. so that he can also get rid of that darkness for everyone else. You know what's really cool is that when you guys are speaking about it, it's, it's so clear in your mind. The whole concept, you're like bouncing off each other. Yeah. And that links to the point about having a vision. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it seems that you guys have visualized this like right to the dot, right? Uh, so how important is it to have a vision when it comes to any project that you're doing in your life? Yeah, I mean, the first, first thing on our animation level, mm. it was really difficult to get that workflow because no one's done this before really as a small two-man indie animation studio. It's yeah. a big, big goal. It's it, a big goal. It's a very big, um, like, step that we want to do. Especially in the sick band. Yeah, especially yeah. in the sick band. Yeah. Um, so the first thing in order to get the vision was a lot of discussion, yeah. a lot of talking, and a lot of changing the story. The story, if we go back to the first story, like the first time we've, we wrote notes on it, it's completely changed. At the beginning, Rue wasn't even a character. Rue was actually just a diva and it was lit by a person and all sorts. But, you know, the story has built and it's become its its own thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second thing was storyboarding. Uh, Sijin's the storyboard guy. Yeah, so trying, I really follow Sijin's I'm trying vision. trying to teach myself how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is your role then in terms of the project? So Sijin is in charge of 3D modeling, 3D modeling and rigging, rigging animation. Okay. And he's in charge of lighting, post-processing post -process, post and rendering. And yeah. the production, like the environment. Landscapes, yeah. Landscapes is me. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there's a lot. We're taking on a lot ourselves. but And then on top of that, we'll try to be doing the music as well. Yeah. And I know you guys want to take this to like the next level. So that's why you're doing crowdfunding? Yeah. We're doing crowdfunding instead of going for a sole investor. Because this idea of Sangat involvement and this idea of everyone feeling that it's their story, we want that to be very important. Yeah. What tends to happen with like a sole investor is their creative vision is also utilized and they say, no, we want it to go this way. Mm -hmm. We want you to use sound in this way. We want to use this particular studio to do this. Yeah. We want to advertise this and we want your, we want our logo on this poster. Mm. You know, we want to be as creative as our minds let us be. Yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. we've got our own vision. So we just want to yeah. see that vision come to life. Yeah. So crowdfunding is the way forward where everyone kind of chips a little bit in and they get something back. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and so there is all in our hands mm. to kind of push this story forward. Yeah. And what, what is the platform you guys are using? It's called Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about Kickstarter is if you, if people pledge, it's called a pledge when you put money, money in. in. Yeah. If people put a pledge in, that, that money only actually leaves their account if, we if we've reached, reached our goal, if we've reached our minimum goal. Okay. So we've, we've set a goal that if we get that amount, then we can carry, we can actually do this. Yeah. So we can hire people to maybe help with sound help get people to help us with animation, mm. yeah. um, even advertising, um, getting this uh, film to people. So the methods, how, how do people actually watch the film? Mm. So yeah. that's another th big thing that we're trying to discuss. Um, but the thing with Kickstarter is that when you pledge, you're actually getting a, re a reward 
as a as a token that thanks for supporting. Mm. Yeah. So one of our um one of our things is this this lamp, this LED lamp here. Yeah. That the says it's, it's hidden it's, from me behind the show. Give it a look. <laughs> for people who are only listening, um, yeah. you can check out on social media. So obviously this is just one of our awards, but we have mm. we have more. I even have a key ring here. So if you pledge at the ten pound amount. You get an I so everything's inspired by I challenge the darkness because that's mm. that's the underlying message of the whole story. Mm. Yeah. So depending on how much you pledge, the better the reward you get. Mm. So it's just yeah, appreciating people and saying thanks to support. Thank you for supporting creatives. And um, is this what you guys are doing full time then, in terms of just working on the animation one, or do you guys have other duties or jobs that you're doing as well? No, so really, right now we want it. We want to push our skills to the level. Mm. Yeah, and we want to use this animation as a way to kind of gauge what the market wants, like mm. to see, do people want a story, story like Rue? Mm. Um, and can we make this viable? Like, can we make another one? Cause we would, yeah. if this works, we're definitely going to think, go back to the uh, board and kind of make another story. We're trying to spend as much time as we can on it because it's, it's a learning process. It's, yeah. If you haven't done it before, you don't really understand what goes into it. Mm. So well, actually I did a bit of research on this because we had an idea a while ago about making like, have you ever seen like Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, that kind of animation? Yeah, yeah. We were thinking make that type of animation of like Sikateas of like a battle. So it's like, like for kids, that would be awesome. Like they could see the whole battle and everything and really inspire them. And then I was just looking online for like quotes on animation studios and stuff. And it was like in the hundreds of thousands yeah. for like per episode, yeah, yeah. like the amount of effort goes in. It's, it's crazy. Huge. It's crazy the amount of work. I mean, the more you put in, the better the animation. It's quite very simple. There's, um, and it does take a long time. We've been at it, kind of learning our skills for the whole of 2020. You know, what what is your guys' background and what where have you studied? In? So I studied biomedical engineering yeah. at King's College, okay. and I studied uh, manufacturing engineering. At so college. we didn't do any animation work. Yeah. Um, yeah in our actual studies. Mm. Um, but when I got back home, I, I did use Unity in my degree. Yeah. Uh, but I used it for virtual reality. And uh, I also used 3D software for modeling. So modeling manufacturing parts. But then we just realized that we, uh, we can utilize this yeah. to actually create something creative. Mm. So have you always had a passion for animation design and stuff? I mean, I've always enjoyed watching uh, yeah. animations <laughs> and I've always felt like, especially like the level of a Pixar short, for instance. Yeah. They're small, but their message is so amazing and I love watching them. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can just watch them again and again. And that's yeah. really what we want. Just keep sh pushing that moral, that mm. challenge the darkness. Mm. I mean, there's a, one of these Pixar shorts is about this little bird and She's worried about the water and she discovers that if you go and submerge yourself in the water, you can see where your food is and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she, rather than fears, fearing the water, she realizes that that water is like an opportunity mm. uh, to get food. Yeah. Mm. It's very simple, but you know, discussing it, it's like, if you overcome your fears, you might find that there's something beautiful on the other side. Yeah. yeah. It's something simple like that. And it's amazing that children can talk about that mm. and mm. try apply it in their real lives. Like yeah. this is just, this is just water. Mm. You go in and you'll find some treasure, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. And it's amazing you guys are pushing for that kind of level. Like I don't think there's anyone in the 
the fanta at the moment who's nah. pushing for this. So it's, and I hope that we can support this long term because mm. just on that note, in terms of like seat creatives, um, I don't think personally that there is much support nowadays. It's slowly building and growing. Like I know a few people, musicians, um, Ragi Kitanis, they're using Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like they're getting a constant support monthly from that now, which means they can support their families, but at the same time give us really good content, like quality Ragitan content. Um, but yeah, I think long term this is the way to go, especially for seek creatives. Yeah, we were thinking that like even in our community that being a creative is not really seen as a profession. Yeah, it's. Um, and it needs to become that. We need to really just push so that if yeah. you say I'm an artist, people need to be like, wow, mm. I wish I was that guy. It's, it's inspiring them, right? Because yeah. I'm sure when a lot of people listen to this, uh, they may be interested in storytelling or animations or a different form of art. Yeah. Uh, but now seeing that other people are doing it and the level they want to take it to, it's going to inspire them to want to take it to that level as well, right? And uh, another key point is having determination. So I'm guessing you guys we have a lot of determination, right? Because especially what you guys are going to do as well, take it to another level. Has there been any setbacks along the way or anything that's kind of got in your way that you've had to overcome? I mean, for me personally, I the setback is my own kind of um, doubt yeah. and my own disbelief that, you know, this is possible. Mm. Um, but I think, do you know with Kickstarter and kind of setting it up, if it works, then it means that the Sangat and the people around you actually want this stuff to happen mm. you know yeah. and my worry was that maybe people don't actually want this to happen mm. um yeah so it's nothing that you've experienced it it's was nothing just a, something you felt yeah it's something you felt even trying it it's that doubt mm. uh and mm. disbelief in well, your production well, you could say that historically you had like so many types of arts which was supported in like the patronage systems like you had like uh, the people who did um drawing paintings yeah. music fresco weaponsmiths so much stuff from the guru's times and that slowly died down with obviously all the wars and everything that happened so it'd be it would be really good to try and revive this system in the modern age yeah. using these platforms like kickstarter and patreon and stuff yeah i mean we were talking about because you mentioned about creativity and we were talking about so what is creative there's music there's art visual arts there's um there's drama, um, there's poetry, yeah. there's um, there's dance. There's loads of creative ways to kind of share your message. Yeah. But a new age type of creativity is gaming and film, digital art, and animation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And And the beautiful thing about animation and film is it can tie in poetry. It can tie in... Um, music it can tie in visual arts it can tie the other creative things yeah in one all together mm. you know and you can actually bring those people with those experiences to join in one piece of pro uh, one project mm. that's really what we want to do with our story and especially with our budget we want to actually spend that on a fantastic composer and fantastic musicians to make to elevate our story yeah uh a fantastic story writer, you know, say we want narration on it, mm. you know, to actually use those right words to kind of give our vision. Um, that's what we want to use those funds for. Mm. And, and I think at some level with the nature of Sikhs is to push the boundaries and to help somewhere in the world. Yeah. Help If you have a skill that can benefit society, 
then that's your duty to go and give that to society, right? Whether it's giving langar, whether it's music, whatever it is, right? And I think that's what the Guru's taught us from Guru Nanak Dev Ji's times and the up till like now. It's like you were talking about earlier about sometimes having a doubt, right? But it's like you've got that gun, you've got that quality. And just like I when it comes back to Pai Sahib, Zohar Pai just one singer ji, it was like if they didn't do it, then who else was going to do it, right? It's like you guys have that, that skill and definitely you should push the boundaries and you should do it. And uh, it's really cool that you want to support other people as well, right, who are specialized in that skill of maybe um, writing a script, right, when it comes to music. Because it, what's really nice is that within the bunt, or just within the world, everyone has a, a certain set of skills, a skill set, right? And we should definitely be pushing those people to use those skill set, right? And to, and to whatever they're looking to do, let them flourish in that, right? And when it comes to seva, it's, it's such an important topic and an interesting topic as well, uh, because sometimes today it's like if somebody's doing something, when it, it has when we use the word seva, we talked about this in our first podcast that it it's not it doesn't have to involve money, or it doesn't have to involve money. You get what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> As in, like it's not about whether money's involved or not. Yeah, because that's where it gets people that's, get caught up, right? Yeah, like yeah. even with this kind of stuff, they, they say been, is, they say is it really seva if you're getting paid? Yeah, it's been diluted to that, hasn't yeah. it? That's yes. what's happened. So, so what's your guys' opinion on that? In order to get good work especially in our community, you need people to actually dedicate their life to it, mm. you know. So you, you want fantastic raggis, you want Gurbani to be shared to such a level mm. that people are in anand when they ever, whenever they listen to it. Yeah. And you want people to dedicate their life to present Girtan in such a way. But how can you do that if you're thinking about uh, where's, where, how am I going to fend for my family? I'm going to get shelter, food. If you've got those other worries and you have to dedicate your life to something else, there's mm. always that worry at the back of your head. You mm. can't just focus on that one thing. Can't put your 100% in. Yeah, 100%. Right? And that's what you need to get that quality. I mean, if you think about what langar is, um, langar is a way for you to fulfill yourself so you can think about something else. So langar in the basis, like say food, if you're hungry, how can you focus? How can you meditate? Mm. And Langar is there as a solution to do that. Mm. And I think we're blessed that we can go beyond just the physical food eating Langar. Mm. We're all fed. We need to go beyond how can we make someone the best artist? What mm. Langar can we provide to those people that can make them be amazing artists where they don't have mm. to think about Anything else mm. To feed their mind Yeah feed their mind and, and just Yeah we I think The way we think about Seva If we belittle it down To just the langar Being a food That we feed people mm. Then I don't think We're doing service To the word of Seva We mm. need to actually Push it further Invest in people To become the best artist Best Gitni yeah. Best Raggis yeah. Mm. And that in itself is also seva and langar. Mm. Definitely. So we need to invest in like specialists in different areas, in all areas in Siki. We need to have specialists. You need to bring that back. Yeah. Because we were think we were having this discussion that it is our community lagging behind. So mm. even in the creative space, it, it is. 
if we we, if we think about it. I was going to ask you that question as well. Thanks for answering <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <Sound good>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are lagging behind mm. and we, re we really need to catch up. Mm. The, the media space is moving fast. Yeah. So if we can catch up now, like you guys should be making a podcast every day. <laughs> if it just on that point about if you just look at Kassan for example um and if you look online on like Instagram and TikTok and all these things and now you're seeing a lot of Sikhs or just Punjabi Sikhs posting a lot of stuff right yeah um and there was poems like a lot of people doing poems and we posted a few poems on our page and they got like over 40,000 shares yeah or is it shares or was it shares or was it like something I don't know views it was views I'm not that good with the social media stuff but Generally, we don't get that many views, but now you're seeing people open up and do more creative things yeah. and um, filmmakers. Like, did you see that video of um, when it showed like all the protests around the world and it showed like USA, California, and yeah. it was like, you know, yeah, Southall, <laughs> you <laughs> know I mean, from California to Southall, right? <laughs> but it's, it's all this creativity that now we're starting to see. So yeah. that's what I was thinking. We are playing catch up, but it's cool now because we're, we're it's like we're discovering, we're discovering it, yeah. all this talent. We're being opened we up to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since the farmers protest, I've followed so many amazing photographers mm. that are coming out of Punjab. Like I wouldn't ever seen them before because yeah. they've really had nothing to shoot that everyone in the world's interested in. Right now they have the Kisan, Morcha, they can take beautiful pictures of the farmers and mm. what's going on. And people are looking at it and thinking fantastic ph photographer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are creatives in all spheres in our community. Yeah. You know, that we need to tap into and encourage them to come out and share their work and kind of take it seriously, like beyond a hobby. Mm. Take it like I can actually push this forward. And when we look back at what we did for our community going forward, I can share this as this is what I, this is what I attributed to. Yeah. I mean, if you look at during the time of Guru Gobind Singh, in his court, he would have poets. Yeah. You know, and he would have artists and he would have musicians. And it's their work that has kept the Sikhi and the spirit of Sikhi alive, you know, keeping creative. Yeah. And that is really what we should be doing as a mm. community. Yeah. I was actually talking about this to Sukhdeep Singh earlier that I don't think I've ever seen in the UK, especially anyone do write their own Punjabi poetry mm. and it's always it, it's everyone's focused on like English poetry and stuff but it's never gone to the level of like how poets in the past hundred years used to do like poetry in Punjabi which was just on another level and if yeah. they do we just don't know about them yeah just because it's not that hurdle right no. you got know I mean so definitely um but I think they would come if they knew that they would be supported yeah mm. definitely you know and Again, I'm going back to our Kickstarter. The good thing about Kickstarter is because it involves so many people. If someone else after us um, wants, to to, wants to do a project, they know that, yeah, we're going to get backed. We're going to be able to make it real. Mm. I don't need to go to a sole person with loads of money mm. and say, uh, you know, can you invest in me and mm, yeah. I'll make it through. Mm. The thing with people with a lot of money is they usually want money back. Yeah. Or some financial return. That's mm. the only way you invest. Yeah. If we have small people who don't mind giving like 20 quid yeah. to something with no real wanting that back doubled or something, mm. but wouldn't mind watching something, you know, like say for us, 
if someone pledged £25, they get like a key ring, they get to watch the, thi- um, uh, get to watch our animation, mm. uh, they get a little enamel pin, they get little things and they get to they watch get our, perks, yeah. yeah, they get the perks. Yeah. But that 25 quid hasn't made or break, broke them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if we get enough people, a single members that can chip that little amount in, mm. we can make a fantastic animation. Mm. And if it gets successful, it means that other creative people that we've not heard of think mm. I can put my work on this platform and I will also get back. Yeah. And it's a way of encouraging the little artists to kind of come forward. Come forward. So I guess it's really important to build that creative network where we have some that will support yeah. anyone in that network. Mm. And and using these tools is fantastic, like um, Kickstarter. And- yeah, I mean, one thing that's lacking as well is a communication between artists and creative people. I, I mean, imagine if a musician and a poet managed to get together on a, on a level and produce a piece of work. I mean, what could, what could be produced? Imagine yeah. a musician and a visual artist, what could be produced? Mm. But there's this disconnect and there's not this community that's been built. Yeah. Uh, and a way of making projects and having that discourse um, to produce something amazing. Mm. So that's definitely lacking and something that we need to work towards. Mm. I guess by doing this project, you're kind of leading the way then, right? Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to actually say, look, you're a fantastic, um, you're a fantastic composer. Mm. I can actually let you have that time financially give you that time to make a fantastic piece of work. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's not favors. We're not saying, Oh, can you do it? It's a, it's free, free labor, mm-hmm. uh, help us out. It's do it seriously yeah, as a job and we can make something amazing together. Mm. So what's the long-term studio, uh, long-term goal? I know you guys got your own studio. Yeah. Adric uh, studios. Adric studios. Yeah. studios. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after this animation, we're hoping to make more animations, but we're also hoping that in years to come, we'll make some fantastic. We will have produced a game. game. Like a, a really game. good, oh, wow. uh, high level game. Yeah. But obviously that's a, that's a bigger task than the one we've already yeah. got. So we're starting off small. Mm. Like if we get backed with this, we know we mm. can push this further. Yeah. Mm. You know, this is kind of our little test, test the water. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations, so we've done a lot of networking mm. so that if in the future, if we decide to do a game, we get way more what people on board. What kind of game board. would you want to do? Like Call of Duty? Or <laughs> I mean, it's the best type of games, in my opinion, that I've seen that can be put towards some sicky related um, work would be narrative driven content or narrative driven gaming. Like RPG story mode. Yes, yeah. that yeah. type of game. Um, so there's, there's a few ideas already running through my head mm. um, about where we could go with that and how it could apply. And the software you guys are using, it's, it's easily transferable, right? Into a game. If yeah, it's so a game studio engine. The short film that we're making is in Unity. Yeah. So that is a game engine in itself. Yeah. So it's a really capable software. And so, that level of quality, I haven't ever seen it in terms of Seek animation. Even compared to like Jar Sabzade and stuff. Crazy to think that just two of you have created something yeah. to that level. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this, the, tool is, the tools are there. Mm. what's lacking and i think the expertise are there like there are seeks that could make so much better work than what we're doing like with years of experience on these softwares yeah mm. yeah 
But what they don't know is that it's possible and that yeah. people will back them. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to take that leap. Mm. You say someone's been a software engineer for the last 15 years. They know how to work out how to use this gaming engine. They know the fundamentals of it. Yeah. Are they going to take that leap and say, all right, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing. I'm going to stop my job. I'm going to focus on this animation, mm. make it the best it can in the hopes that it gets accepted and it's get bought and it actually mm. brings me something back that was worth my time. Yeah. And with we you hope guys, to be that those first people to take that step and say, yeah, look, if you're fantastic, mm. come and make something amazing. Mm. And so with you guys, you, you're not doing anything else, right? So you're going all in with this. Yeah, yeah with all project. I mean, now we're at the age where we can take those risks. There's no mm. financial burden. Uh, there's no responsibilities. Mm. So, yeah. We can, mm. so, so we can we can we just sit at, we can sit at home, have mum's karda roti <laughs> and, <laughs> and work. You know that's great. When it comes to support and stuff like that, so what's cool is that you you're going to have sangat support the way you're doing it, right? And there's no great like it goes back to the start of the um the whole conversation that we had. We talked about being a sacrifice with sad sangat, right? Yeah. And getting the Saad Sangha's blessing, right? So it's, it's actually, there's no better way of doing it, right? Than having the Sangha's support. So we're just talking about by just one Singhji uh, for a long time uh, within this podcast. And you said that was like your, your inspiration as well for starting the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm sure you guys ordered the book as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we've ordered just, the book. Uh, yeah, on camera anyway. But these are available as well in English and in Punjabi. For the, after this camera, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> So for those that are what listening to this audio file, we'll um we'll put the, the the links in the description. But it's available in English and in Punjabi, the Valiant, and this pretty much goes for the Jeevan, the life of Pai Just One Singh Ji Kalara, um and also the history of you could say the history of India and the Sikhs from the 1900s onwards as well. So if you want to uh, purchase one of these books, you can get it from uh, MightyKalsa.com from the UK or from uh, People.org. Um, as well, if you're looking to get it abroad in like, I think it's from America and Canada and, and those places. And then there's many places in India as well, um, which are also um, selling this book as well. Um, how did you guys find the book? I know you both ordered it, right? Yeah, we were actually watching the uh, talk that you guys did with mm. uh, Gurmeet Kaur and Navkiran Kaur Anji. Uh, about the book. And it kind of thought, well, I mean, what an amazing cheese. Let's support any sort of work that attributes mm. uh, to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's support it. Yeah. And that was, that was, that's all it took for us to actually order the book. Mm. And just when it came to that, um, listening to that interview as well, what was really cool was that they were saying that Biosubji focused on one thing. This is kind of the point I was trying to get to earlier, right? That they've put all their energy into just uh, activism. Because, right? of course, there's a lot of things that we need to do in the world, right? There's a lot of different topics that we need to cover. And I'm sure many of us have experienced this. We've tried to do many different things. But it's like we've not put our full concentration into one, given 100% into doing one thing. So it's like finding that thing that we specialize in and just focusing on that. And that's what Baisabji did when it came to activism, right? They put all their energy into that. And they didn't put it into anything else. And what was really cool about what, uh, Bibi Navgirunko was saying was that that she kept all her hate, all her, all her hope in Guru Sahibji, right? So, look, nobody's perfect, right? And uh, people do make mistakes. But the one 
person, the one being that we know we could put all our faith into is Guru Sajji because they never let us down. And of course, Saad Sangat. But then when we talk about Saad Sangat, um, it's not one individual. It's like how you guys were saying earlier about um, investments and going to one person. Saad Sangat isn't a person. It's the collective. Right? It's, and, and that's actually quite powerful as well. Right? It's not an individual that we're putting a hope into. We're putting it into Saad Sangat. And Guru Sabri says, Vicha Sangat Within the Saad Sangat is Guru Sabri. So technically, again, it's basically going back to the Guru again and getting the Guru's blessings when it comes to doing this work. Hence why uh, doing it through this Kickstarter sounds really cool because you're just getting all of the Sangat's blessing. But ultimately, it's Guru Sabri's Kirpa, their blessings through the Saad Sangat. Yeah. So if I could explain how you could support us on Kickstarter right now, mm. yeah. is all right. So what Kickstarter is, is that you've got a certain time limit to get your funds together. So what we've been done is we've, we've got like 30 days when we open the Kickstarter to get all the funds yeah, in. Yeah, between the time it opens and closes. Yeah, yeah, between that time it opens. So do you have like an opening date fixed in? So we don't have an opening date planned yet. Yeah. We want to gauge on the kind of traction and support that we've got. Mm. And the way you can actually support us right now is by going onto our Kickstarter and pressing notify me on launch. It's a button. Uh, notify me on launch. And you put your details in. And then what it means is that when we actually do open up, you get a notification. For that 30-day window, you get an e uh, email notification to say, right, it's open, please support us. Yeah. And the bigger the number of those people that are following our Kickstarter is a good indication that we will get backed in those 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. If we exceed those 30 days, uh, the the times run out and we, we actually, the project doesn't go ahead unless we've reached okay. our goal. Yeah. Mm. So that's yeah. that's why people need to follow so yeah. It just gives us the indication that, yes, it's the right and, time to open it. And what's your social media tags? Adric Studios. Yeah, so Ad Adric, Adric Studios. Studios. Okay. Yeah, on both. Yeah. And Facebook. the link to that Kickstarter will be in the bio. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just need to follow Notify and Launch and then just check your emails. Uh, yeah. We're hoping to open it up mid-April. Yeah. Uh, so in about four weeks from now, we're hoping that we've gained enough traction that we can be sure that we're going to get backed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was all dependent on Sangat's involvement. Help us out by pressing notifiers on launch. Yeah. Mm. And follow us on Instagram because that's we're most active on there. Yeah. Okay, updates from yeah, there. Yeah, updates from there. We're on Twitter and Facebook as well. Oh, great. Yeah. And Still a bit yeah, new Hopefully to you guys can put the Kickstarter in yeah. the description or something. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll put it in the description. Yeah. And just awesome. just on that note, um I've I just remembered something earlier um about what Bicep used to, he he said in a talk by Degrating. Um, about your circle of influence, area of influence. And um, it's really important because if you, a lot of people nowadays, they see all these problems going on in the world, like with the Kisan and with poverty, with all these things. But on an individual level, we can't actually make much difference to, the, to those things. We can do a little bit, but it's not actually as much as if you focus on your area of influence, your circle of influence, and you start to grow that and grow it and grow it. And as it gets bigger and bigger, all of these problems in the world, they're slowly going to come under that, in that circle, in that network. And I think that's what you guys are in that stage of growth right now where you're growing and growing. That, and then That's literally the story. story. That relates yeah. so much to her. There's that darkness and you're that one light yeah. and you pass it on and it becomes a bigger ball of light. You've defeated yeah. a bit more darkness. And the person you've passed it on to passes it on pass to it, more. Passes it on. Yeah. It's exactly the same morality. You might as well join Rue. <laughs> yeah, man. 
that so yeah when you were saying that i was thinking mm. i swear we're animating this <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's going to and, and that's what's cool that now when it comes to social media it could just be one or two people behind the screen and they can have so much impact the yeah. reach is so big right yeah, and, it and it's, it's, it's limitless you just, don't a, just a random fact yeah. i i do you guys hear of that game among us yeah it's like yeah. a really big viral game no yeah. idea it was only uh four people who made that game it's even a up, very old game that one even up till now they brought it back exactly it's old but those four people managed to do that and it's like multi-million dollar game now like crazy amount of people playing it i mean we're we're immensely privileged to kind of be able to sit at home and just mess about on our computers and make something yeah and it's important that we actually utilize that privilege yeah. and make something amazing mm, you know yeah. there's no excuses when you look at the farmers protest they're not home mm. they're on the streets of delhi their livelihoods are at stake there's the their privilege is much less than what we've got yeah it's, you know it's being pressured their privilege been, yeah their pressure their privilege is being questioned and it's been there's a real force being put mm. there and the way we can help is by accepting how privileged we are and actually using it to do something yeah yep that's all we can do here yeah and that's what we hope to do with our animation the last thing that i just wanted to finish off with uh, just for the sangha that are listening is um if you can just share a little bit about yourselves about your own personal journeys or spiritual journeys we touched upon it at the start as well but anything just so people that are watching and listening can just get a better idea of who are the creators themselves as individuals yeah so um my name is Isher and i play a beautiful instrument called the santur mm. i'm we probably already touched upon this but the santur is very unheard of and it's not been listened to enough in my opinion i think it's an amazing instrument uh, instrument and it's also an amazing tool for meditation mm. um and the reason it's an amazing tool for meditation is because each note is is tuned whereas say on a sitar or a sarod or the rabab or other instruments because you're playing on one string there is this leeway with the note hmm. but with the santur because you actually have to tune every individual string and you strike it you you make sure that that vibration that frequency is perfect and how many strings are there there's 100 strings on this yeah, instrument mm-hmm. so it must so take ages it takes ages to tune <laughs> If if this tool teaches you one thing, it's patience. Yeah, yeah, and that patience is kind of tune uh, those notes perfect. Mm. When you strike it, that that resonance and that frequency should hit straight away. Yeah, and the Sufis knew this and they utilized that to aid their meditation, aid their singing. You know, and it was played a lot like how the Rabab was utilized with um, Guru Nanak Dev Ji. where the rabab is a percussive and melodic instrument mm. you know so it can keep that rhythm that tal the la it can keep that and it can keep the sur the rag in intact both are, can work at the same time on this instrument and the santur is exactly the same but was utilized by the sufis amazing mm. and that's the instrument that i play and i really want more people to listen to it yeah which is why I want to take it to bigger spheres and I want to uh, I've been working hard to kind of rise and kind of push it further. 
and and uh, like what's your routine then daily riyaz what does I mean, riyaz mean for those who don't know so riyaz is a form of practice okay and it's a little bit different to practice because what riyaz is is you you kind of develop on those skills through repetition and it's a uh, building muscle memory and developing your mind so even kind of learning new compositions and just keep going but and it's hammering so repetitive away. that it becomes meditation yeah so it's yeah it's, the power of riyaz is that if you keep going keep going keep going keep going keep going at some point it does become a meditation in itself mm. just through music so it's riyaz has mm. to be riyaz is yeah. what you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> we we hear of this in other forms of knowledge as well like abhyas when you did learn gurbani you have to do abhyas of it and all these things and i think it's a technique of self development yeah more so that in the yeah. indian class or in the music sphere it's referred to as sadhana sadhana yeah so they say you do riyaz to such a point that you get to that state of sadhana and at that point that riyaz is beyond muscle memory and it's beyond the, even the instrument it's it's now you and this divine spirit mm. which encompasses the whole of creation yeah so coming back to to ru because we're both involved heavily in music 50% of our actual short film is going to be music so it's hev- heavy on the music side of things so we want to have an influence of rag mm. so oh, sorry vali what do you play i play tarshanai tarshanai and israj Oh, do you want to explain? So, how do I explain the israj? That stringed instrument. Yeah, right? so it's a the israj is a bowed stringed instrument. So yeah. I, I mainly use it to accompany Isha uh, when he, when we do kirtan. Um, so I, I first started learning Indian classical music. Um, so that's that's my background of learning israj. Um, but then we're trying to bring that back to kirtan. So obviously, Indian classical music is more of um, a performance kind of. atmosphere rather than singing bani and yeah linking it back to ru um 50% of the the project is actually music mm. so um it's heavy on the rag side of things so to to get that emotion across it is also obviously the animation is one side of it but the rag is super important mm. so yeah. what we want to do is invest in those people that have that knowledge of rag have that mm. knowledge of the composition yeah and like you know kind of emotionally guide you through that story as well mm. um even the idea of rag actually i was thinking about this on the way people always struggle to explain what a rag is so even to, even those lis- even those listeners uh yeah you might not know what rag is and a lot of people describe it as rag is like this melody mm. or this structure by which you improvise and you make compositions and it's got a scale it's got certain notes going up it's got certain notes going down it's got important notes it's got least less important notes and this is how rag's been described a real textbook way of talking about a rag yeah yeah but for a musician like myself a rag's so much deeper and how do you explain that to someone that doesn't understand and the analogy that i thought of just by myself is it's like saying how do you describe your home you can't describe you can't describe your home by describing a house you mm. can't say it's got a living room it's got a bedroom it's got uh it's made out of bricks and mortar 
Mm. It's got plumbing where you can't describe. Yeah, it just a, sounds like every home. other one, everybody's house. You can't describe a home like a house. Mm. What is the distinction? The distinction is an atmosphere, an emotion, members of the family, certain smells, certain, uh, just a certain feeling, mm. a certain relief when you enter, a mm. certain, like a weird, like a certain yearning when you're not there. Mm. All these things make a home. And that is the distinction that needs to be made clear that a rag is not just something physical. It's this whole emotion side and this atmosphere that you create within that rag. Mm. So that's, a, that's one way of looking at what a rag is. Yeah. And you can't really describe that with words. Yeah. Another analogy that came to me was a rag is like your friend. And again, it's the same thing. You can't. Say you want to describe your best mate. You don't say, oh yeah, he's got brown eyes and he is brown skinned and he looks this way and he wears these kapre. And you, you can't talk about your friend like that. That's not, mm. you say, my friend is funny. Mm. My friend is, uh, you know, he makes me happy. Mm. That's how you describe your friend. Making that distinction mm. is what is the difference between describing Rag as a figure of notes and moving about and mm. what it actually is as a yeah. musician. Mm. I think that's a really powerful analogy that you've Thank given. Thank you for sharing those, Vigi. Yeah. Never looked at it that way. Yeah. So even mm. looking at Gurbani, Gurbani is split into rags, right? And if you use the analogy of your friend being that rag, then when you sing Gurbani, you are personifying your friend. Mm. And you are singing Girtan through your friend's attributes. At that point, there is no you. There's only your friend, your friend the, being the rag. Your rag is channel, channeling Gurbani. Mm. At, that sense, at that point, there's no sense of I. Mm. And that is why rag was so utilized by the gurus. Because it's not just the notes. Yeah. It's much deeper than that. Yeah. And I think even layered with the, like, the amazing poetic form of Gurbani, it just like, takes you to another level. And I mean that what you guys are doing in terms of like getting specialists to collaborate and bring this rag with this visual animation, it, it will be like an amazing end product. Yeah, yeah. So we're really excited. Looking 100%. forward to it. Thank yeah, you so we're much. really excited yeah, to share excited. more with you. We're really excited to even spend a bit more time making it to the next level. What you guys have seen at the moment, what you guys are even seeing on our social media is but a preview. Ideas um, Ideas that we're putting forward We we are going to take it even further than that And it is going to be something to be put on a real high level You know, yeah. we want that the first thing that Adric Studios produces yeah. Be something of fantastic quality Definitely And yeah. that's what whoever's listening or whoever's watching If you support our project Just by following us on Kickstarter right now But if you follow us by placing a pledge you're investing in a really fantastic creative piece of work. Yeah, that's really good. And do you have any closing final remarks? Just thank you for having us on yeah. here and yeah. allowing so us much. to kind of share our ideas and our expertise with you guys. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And just one more time for the Sangat, uh, you can find the details uh, for the work uh, that both our VGs have been talking about right now in the description. So make sure you guys support them. And make sure you guys follow them as well on this journey that they're going to take us all on with them. Okay, G. Thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you, guys. Bye, Guruji. 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 B